It's so good to be back. It's so good to be in this house and just experiencing the presence of God. And now we're going to go into the word of God. And I believe today that God has given me a word that is so practical, but yet so revelatory. It's a game changer. If we can grab a hold of what the Holy Spirit is going to speak to us today through his word, then we are going to be able to be better and better and stronger and stronger by the time we walk out of those doors. Do you want that? Because I came ready for that. I want that for my own life. The title of the message is an old school term. It's an old school bodybuilding term. Some of y'all may have heard it. No pain, no gain. You guys remember Hans and Franz on Saturday Night Live, like way back in the day? My name is Hans, my name is Franz. And we've come to pump you up. And then they'd be working out, and they had fake muscles. They're just two comedians with puffy muscles. And they would be repeating these words, no pain, no gain. But there's so much truth to it in anything. In anything in life. If you're going to work out, if you're going to be in the gym, and you don't want to go to the gym because you don't want to experience a burning sensation in your muscles, then you should not go and expect a change to take place because you're not going to gain anything from it. Now, I have yet to give childbirth, just a disclaimer, but I have seen a few come into this world, and I've seen some pain. But the gain from it has been miraculous. You gained a life into this world. What is pain? The scripture says that pain is sorrow. It's to be marred or to be marked, to be scarred. It's something that makes people sad. It's something that comes against you. What is real pain? Like sometimes we can get twisted up in the cares of this world and we can misunderstand or mistake what real pain is. I was getting ready today and I hate, I'm like so OCD, I hate Somehow, some way, I lose socks when I wash and dry them. And I have no idea how. And I told Candace, we went to TJ Maxx Marshalls. I don't never pay full price for socks. Because I lose them like somehow every single time I do a load. I'll count my socks. I'll put them in there. I'll take them out of the washer. And one's gone. And then another one from another pair gone by the time I get them out of the dryer. And then it makes you feel like you're going crazy. So I told Candace, I'm buying the same exact identical socks so that no matter what happens, I've always got a match. So I went and loaded up in TJ Maxx, bought like four packages of big socks. And then today I realized they looked the same except for they were designed to have one on your left foot and one on your right foot. I'm like, I got two left feet socks. Does it really matter? And I just put it on. It matters. It was like puffy on this side and real tight on the other. I'm like, where's my life going to? I can't even have a pair of socks. Pain is not following that white colored Nissan SUV I followed in the church tonight. If you drive that, I love you. I'm working on liking you. 30 miles an hour in a 50 mile an hour zone for 10 minutes. I was gripping that steering wheel. 
praying in the Holy Ghost so nothing else came out of my mouth. And then I passed them. I had the urge to want to give them a one-fingered peace sign. And I knew that's not the right thing to do. They could be coming to church. And even if they're not, it's still wrong. That's not real pain. Are you hearing me? Pain isn't getting pulled over by the police officer as soon as you get into two lanes and you zoom past them at 70 miles an hour. It hurts the wallet, but it's not real pain. So what does real pain look like? Maybe you've been abused by a church family. Maybe somebody that had spiritual authority over you, misled you or hurt you or misguided you. Maybe somebody within a small group gossiped about you and you had to hear like any good soldier that you can't trust those on your own team. What does real pain look like? How about losing a child, having a miscarriage? Maybe it's abuse you've been through. Maybe it's a parent that abandoned you or neglected you. Maybe it's a sexual assault that you've experienced. Those things, they're real pain. Maybe it's the, the kid that ran away and never came home or the kid that is far away from God that you're standing in faith for. That's real pain. Maybe it's the relationship that you so bad wanted to work out, but it didn't work out. Maybe you've been beaten, mocked, laughed at, ridiculed. Maybe it's something you've done. Maybe you've done something to somebody else and you realized how bad you hurt them and in turn, you're still hurting on the inside. That's one fashion of pain. But then there's another avenue of pain that comes at you and maybe it had nothing to do with you. Maybe it really never, ever had anything to do with you at all. Maybe it had to do with the God you serve and the God of this world, Satan himself, wanting to derail you, blindside you, sidetrack you. Maybe he did use others. Typically, just like God uses people to accomplish his will in this earth, Satan can't create anything. All he can do is mimic and pervert everything. Maybe it's a financial crisis you have no idea how to work out of. Maybe it's a dream or a hope that you once had. And you gave it, you thought your best, and it didn't end up being good enough. All of these things that we experience in this life. I'm going to tell you something. This is not to be a buzzkill because we're going somewhere with this. But everything that we experience in this life that's worth something is going to cost you almost everything. The enemy hates your guts. He despises you. We talked about it when we did the message, you are not the target. He despises you not because of you, so don't take it personal. It's because you have been created by God to contain God, to hold his glory on the inside of you. It's bigger than you. It's really not even about you. God is trusting you 
God is believing in you. God is rooting for you to push past the pain so that you can receive the reward, the gain from what you went through. And we're going to walk through this today because I want to show you what pain looks like for our lives as Christians because I think sometimes we can also get a little bit twisted up in our minds and we can think that a speeding ticket's pain. We can think that mismatched socks are a frustration and pain. We can allow the enemy to highlight and turn molehills into mountains. When Jesus called you to crush the mountain and turn it into a molehill and get it out of your way. And we can start listening to those whispers and we can start listening to those lies from the father of lies himself. And before you know it, we start to believe what's been told to us over and over again. You'll never be good enough. You missed your chance. This is your fault. If you only would have did this, or you should have did this, or you could have did that. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. It's from the devil, and it's only for those who wish to lose. If you want to win, then you've got to let go so that you can move forward. So in this life, we're going to face pain. It would be a lie to sit up here and tell you, Christian, this is what I thought when I first got saved. He healed my daughter of a rattlesnake bite while she's laying on the operating table, ready to have her leg amputated. I thought from that moment on, everything is going to be amazing. And everybody in Christianity is going to love me because they're a Christian. And I thought they're going to treat me with the honor and the respect and the care that Jesus said to. And I thought I would do the same to them. And the life punches you right in the side of the face. And all of a sudden, the one you trusted betrayed you. The one you loved left. The one you hoped for never came. All these things begin to turn. And you know what it is? It begins to wear you down. The word for Satan in Spanish is Diablo. The meaning of Diablo is a constant beating upon. A wearing down of one. If I gave you a hammer and asked you to go tear up the sidewalk, it'd take you a long time to get something started. But I promise you, if you stayed after long enough, you start to get a crack. And you keep working on that crack, and you'll get a chip. You keep working on that chip, you get a chunk. You keep working on that chunk, you start to lift up big pieces. And before you know it, you've tore that sidewalk up. And Satan is doing the same thing to each and every one of our lives to the best of his ability. He's working on you. He wants you to crack. That's all he needs. He wants you to crack so that he can begin to chip. Then he can begin to take chunks out of you. Then he can begin to lift pieces out of you. And before you know it, you don't know which side is up, which side is down. You feel empty. You feel absolutely helpless and hopeless of where is God at? How could he let these things happen to me? But look at Jesus. 
He called us to walk the walk. So what does life as a Christian and pain have to do with one another? It's simply just that. It's walking the walk. Jesus promised us. That if we followed him, that if we signed up and said yes to him, that we were going to face many adversities. That we would be persecuted for his namesake. We'd be ridiculed. We'll be, we'll be even murdered. We'll be stoned. We'll be, we'll be left for dead. We'll be abandoned. We'll be mocked. We'll be spit on. And I think in America, and I love our nation. And I love the freedom that we have to practice our faith. But it's not like this in other places of the world. Europe is so far gone from where we're at today. And the rest of the world past Europe is completely gone. You can't practice. You can't have a church service like this. You surely can't have campuses and online online streaming to others that are sitting at home or in other states. Can't do that in China. Can't do it in Cambodia and Laos. You can't do it in so many places. Most places in Africa, you can't get away with it. You can't practice your faith like you do in America and other places. And under that persecution, though, comes such a pure and raw believer who understands it is my opportunity, not just my duty, to follow in the footsteps of the one who showed me how to do it. And in Matthew 16, 24, Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, if anyone wants to follow me, let them deny themselves. That's huge. You know what that means? You're going to deny the offense that took place on you because you're making it personal. You're going to deny the abuse that took place because you're making it personal. You have to deny the, the urge to get back, to get even. You have to deny the ego and the pride that wants you to, to lift up over them and show them what you're made of. You have to, you have to deny everything about this life. And take up their what? What was the cross? We look at this, but what was the cross? The cross was the most feared symbol of pain in the entire world. It was considered to be the worst way to die. You gotta pick up your cross. And he said, and follow me. Walk like I walk. Talk like I talk. That's what it means. The first place we were called Christians was in Antioch. And the word Christian means to be a follower of Christ. But the word follower of Christ means to be an imitator of Christ. Have you ever seen anybody do an imitation of someone else? You want to be able to take on the mannerisms. You want to be able to speak like them. And none of us, let me just deflate the pressure. None of us are perfect and none of us are going to get this right every time. That's why we got to do it daily. He didn't say just pick it up one time and do it. Pick it up daily. 
And then he said in Matthew 10, that if anybody is unwilling to pick up their cross and follow me, then they can't be called by my name. So this is what pain looks like in Christianity. Pain looks like mimicking our Savior. Being willing to do whatever, whenever, and wherever he calls us to. But also understanding the afflictions and the pains that we have been through do not have to be rendered useless. And they don't just have to be some bad thing that happened to us. They can actually be turned against the enemy himself. And they can be used to plunder hell and populate heaven. This is what pain looks like. In Christianity. Yeah, you're going to be mocked. You're going to be laughed at. You're going to be spit on. You're going to be betrayed. You're going to be let down. But why? Why go through it? Let me just tell you this first. Your life here. It's just a training ground. Please understand this. Eternity is forever. And you will spend eternity forever with our Savior. When you make it through the training ground. Our life is like a vapor. It's here one second and it's gone the next. A puff of smoke. Tomorrow has been promised to no one. So seize today for what it is. Jesus said don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow has enough troubles of its own. Just take care of today. Man, if we could do that. If I could do that. If you could do that. Can you imagine how much better Austin would be, Colleen would be, Central Texas, Texas, America, the world would be if we could just do our best to walk that out of not freaking out about tomorrow. Most of us aren't freaking about tomorrow. We're freaking about like we got a five-year plan that's already falling apart before it's even got there. You're like, oh my God, this didn't happen. So that means five years from now, I'm never going to see. Like, it's just, whoa, chill out, bro. Sister, just deep breath in. Who saw that moment? Just for your life here, it's just a training ground. Because Jesus makes us this undeniable, unbelievable promise. He said, when you come to me, there will be no more pain. No more suffering. No more tears. I will wipe away every tear from your eye. And you will live with me for all eternity. That's the goal. That's the vision. That's what we keep our eyes on. Man, I've got a thousand reasons to be ticked off. I've got about a hundred people I would like to... Lay hands on. But I have to deny myself. Because this isn't about me. This is about greater is he who is in me. Than he that is in this world. I'm not going to let the God of this world. Be my God. By displaying his characteristics through my life. That's what the fruit of the spirit is all about. Most people get very confused. They think that, man, we're going to get in because we've done all these good things. And Jesus said, no, that's not the way it works. 
You can cast out devils in my name. You can lay hands and heal people in my name. You can do a lot of things in my name, but you ain't getting in unless you live by the fruit of the spirit. Because the fruit of the spirit is what identifies you with Jesus. Living a life of love and joy and peace and goodness and kindness and patience and long suffering. Long. I like how he put that in there too. Long suffering. He didn't say suffering. He just said long suffering. So why? Why do we go through it? Why do we go through it? It's because of this. It's the last part of our entire vision statement. It's the last part of the Great Commission so that you can make a difference in the lives of others. And I'm going to show it to you. For 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and verses 3 through 10. We're going to do some audience participation stuff tonight. So I need your help, okay? When we get to stuff in orange, I need you to shout it out. And in the end, I'm going to be putting kind of like a little litmus test out there. And I need your help with that. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father. And the source of all comfort. He comforts us in our troubles. So that, everybody say it, we can comfort others there's your why there's your why why do i got to go through this it's it's not about god making you go through it it's the devil orchestrating it it's this broken world this broken system that's allowing it to happen but god is not going to abandon you he's not going to leave you he's not going to forsake you he is not going to watch you just suffer he will come and he will comfort he will pick you back up on your feet he will heal your wounds. And why? Why is it all happening that we can comfort others? I don't know how to walk somebody through having a miscarriage. I haven't experienced it. But my daughter experienced too. I promise you this. You put her in a room with some young lady that's been through similar things. And those two are going to strengthen each other. And the Holy Spirit is going to come. And Jesus is going to show up because two or three are gathered together in his name. And the next thing you know, both of them are walking out of that room healed and delivered from the pain they have been through. And believing by faith for miracles to come. Because you've been through something. When they are troubled. We will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. You are a vessel of honor, sanctified, set apart, ready to be used by him. That's who you are. Look at this. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is for, this is crazy. When you're weighed down with troubles, don't get freaked out about it because it's actually going to be here for two important reasons. Number one is your and man, what does that mean? How am I supposed to get comforted and saved through experiencing trouble? Because everything that you believe is being put to the test. Everything that you hope for in salvation is being put to the test. 
Every scripture you stand on for healing, for comfort, for the Holy Spirit is being put to a test. And it's not going to fail if you embrace it. Because his word, it never fails. His promises never fall short. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can, everybody say together, patiently endure. I love that part. That part sucks. Just be honest. Like if we, if we could just take that word out, most of us are going to be okay. But when you've got to throw in there, God, patiently endure. That means stop whining. Stop crying. Right? Stop just wishing it would be over now. But just sit back. Take your seat of rest in God. Understand this battle is not yours. It is the Lord. Surrender it to him and let the king of kings and the Lord of lords fight on your behalf. Patiently endure. The same things we suffer, we are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort God gives us. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. This is Paul now talking about what they experienced. And look at this. We were crushed and overwhelmed. Look at this now. How were they crushed and overwhelmed? Beyond our ability to endure. Oh, my goodness. It was beyond their ability they didn't have enough in the tank to make it through it and we thought we would never live through it because they knew they didn't have enough in fact we expected to die but as a result we stopped relying here comes the breakthrough here comes the miracle oh i'm gonna get myself out of the way And I'm going to let the Savior of all saviors, the God of all gods, the King of all kings, step onto the scene. And as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves. And we learned. We learned. It was a teachable moment. We learned to rely only on God. Oh, my God. Thank you, Jesus. Just pause for a second. Rely only, 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 only. Don't rely on me. Don't rely on Daniel. Don't, don't, I'm not talking about, you can rely on us as a brother and sister in Christ, but don't rely on me as being your answer. Don't rely on the, I'm just a man that God has called to stand here and declare forth his word. That's all I am. That's all I've ever been. And I'm fine with just being that. I can't fix your situation. I can stand with you in it. I can war with you in it. I can pray with you in it. I can hold you. I can cry with you. I can believe with you, but I can't fix it. Only God can. Rely only on God who raises the dead. Look at it. Like, hey, we're about to die. That's cool. He'll just raise us back up again. What's death? To live is Christ, to die is gain. If he don't raise me back up, I'm good. I'm in eternity forever with him. That's pretty good. But if I want to live like Christ did and Christ lives selflessly to be able to help people, then I got to rely only on God and believe by faith for the miracle. And watch this now. 
He did rescue us from mortal danger. And he will rescue us again. Come on now. He did rescue us. He didn't let us down. He didn't fail us. He showed up because we got out of the way. And he'll do it all over again. So we, we have placed our confidence in him. Not in ourselves. Not in our small group leader. Not in our pastor. We placed our confidence in him. And look at this now. Because we did that, because we place our confidence in him, he will continue to rescue us. You know what that means? You can count on him. He's going to never let you down. In the midnight hour when you're facing the worst crisis of your life, you can stand in faith with him. You can believe in him. You can rely on him that he will continue to rescue you no matter what you're facing, no matter what you've been through, no matter what the enemy is lying to you about. You are a child of God and your inheritance is found in him. Not in this life and not in this world. That's the God I know. That's the God I've given my life to. That's the God I'll give my life for. That's the God I wake up every day to, loving and thanking and worshiping and just rejoicing that he saw something in me that was worthy to save. I ain't perfect. Not one of us are. But I'm marching forward. I got my eyes on the prize. And I will not be deterred. I will not fall short. I will finish my race in this life because he has called me to and because I can count on him. Because I'll remove myself from the equation.